Good evening. I'm MJ Kelly. We're recording live from the Swedish American Museum in Chicago. I am Joy Thorbjornsen Coates. You're listening to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinariums. Past, Past Lives Amusement Park. Park. Also featuring the talents of Mark Cater, Stan Winiarski, Christina Schramm, Ellie Maitland, and Trina Kakasik. We're going to experience something different tonight. Anyone ever tried meditation? Ah, good, that's great. Well, our little amusement park tour is a meditation of sorts. So, make sure you are in a comfortable position. You can lay your hands gently in your lap, relax your shoulders, and take a deep cleansing breath. Let's inhale. And exhale. Prepare to let your imagination guide you as we travel the mind's eye. I will be gently guiding you through the portals that lead you to your past lives. With an explanation of just how this works, I present our spirit guide who will help you understand how we plant the seeds of thought along the path we are about to take. Planting a seed in your imagination is as easy as looking out a window. Like if you're looking out during school and you see something kind of long and white on the ground and into your mind comes the seed of a tail of a kite dropped in the path. You get to wondering where the kite got to and how it can steer itself with no tail. Then you get to thinking, there must be a boy somewhere, a boy running home to have his mom fashion a better kite tail. And sure enough, up grows a house and a yard. And pretty soon, a mama calling out the door to quick wash up for supper. Next thing you know, that boy is sitting down to dinner with no tail for his kite, for he can't have it until he eats his peas, and peas always make him sick. But he needs that new kite tail, so as soon as the bell rings and school is out, and you can't wait to get to the tail of that kite you've been looking at and bring it to the boy to save him from the fate of peas, and you get there, and it's nothing but a tree branch, birch. Not the tail of a kite at all, but you keep it all the same because that branch grew you the story of the boy and told you his secrets, secrets from the past, maybe even your past, <laughs> that can even tell you about the present. Thank you. That was lovely. See, harmless little journey we will be taking. With each seed we plant in your mind, portals will open, and questions will undoubtedly arise. Try to keep those questions inside your heads and go with the flow. Ready? Good. Now, think of yourself floating above the ground. Imagine a lake. Think about water and the fact that we are made of water. Now chant with me, everyone, together as we approach our first portal. Inhale, and on Om, we'll let all the air out. Inhale. Oh. <coughs> Sorry. So it's late summer, a balmy night. I'm 17, I'm at the lake, my lake. There's a little bit of moon on her, depending on the clouds. Heat lightning in the distance, the smell of bonfires and the end of summer. The party was getting boring, so I coaxed Dave down to the water. I stripped down to my bikini, the white string one. 
We were lifeguards at, at the same pool in town, Dave and I, and, and fast swimmers. He was wearing those cutoffs I liked. <laughs> I said, come on, race you to the raft. Dave was an Eagle Scout, an honors student. I was the opposite. I'm already out past curfew. We can be there and back in less than 15 minutes. It's too dark. We've got the moon and the houses. My lake is not going to hurt you. She wouldn't dare. She's my friend. I wouldn't dare. But the fish, they bite your ankles. Once we get out past the drop-off, the bottom will be too far away. How deep is it again? She's 40 feet. So no fish, no weeds out past the drop-off. Very deep after the drop-off. Is there really a train down there? That's what I hear. The fish only nibble your ankles if you stand in the water too long. I stepped closer to him so the white bikini could offer an opinion, too. I'm swimming to the raft. You can be irresponsible and force me to swim in the dark without a buddy, or you can join me. At last, my lovelies. Late at night, she seems thick like ink, my lake. Sleeping, her limbs relaxed and heavy. She sways like a hammock, keeping me suspended. The silence when I lie in her lap looking at the stars and the glow around the edges from the lights in town and on the road. Well, if there is a heaven, this might be it, but underwater, in the dark, gone is the earthy green of the day. At night there's nothing, no sound, no noise, just your heart and the water in your ears. <laughs> Even if you open your eyes underwater, she's opaque. opaque. You, you can't see your hand in front of your face. You, you peer hard at the bottom, but it remains invisible 40 or so feet below. You know it's there because you touch the top of the cold muck with the tip of your toe. After all, you're young and foolish and brave and always take the dare. I began to swim out. <gasps> Dave soon behind. White bikini works every time. We enjoy the quiet swim to the raft and, and climb on up. We play like the kids we are. Diving off the raft turns into king of the raft, turns into other things that teenagers in white bikinis and cutoffs might do on a raft on a warm summer night. Oh, mosquitoes are finding us. Did it get darker? It had gotten darker and windier. Moon stars now running along a treadmill of clouds, which, which seemed to be moving very fast. And the lake, you know, she looked dull and cranky, the wind wrinkling her giant brow. Hurry, my lovelies, swim. Crap. Don't worry. Well, we can beat the storm back to the beach. Come on, see the lights. What if the lightning hits the water? We should stay with the raft. Hurry, swim. We'll swim there, it's closer. But it's all seaweed over there. It won't bite you. I'll keep you safe, I promise. Oh! With a huge gust of wind, the raft had flipped over. Dave! Where are you, Dave? I ducked under, where it was calm and opened my eyes. Hello, my pretty girl. Bizarrely, I, I, I could see more than ever, especially when the lightning, which was now constant, flashed above us. It was like a, a fish tank, and, and there were fish, far more of them than I ever thought were in the lake. So many fish looking at me. The lightning flashed and the lake gathered them quickly to her depths. Swim! I could see the flipped raft, but I, I couldn't see Dave. Which way should I go? Damn, tell me which way. 
As the storm got more insistent that I get to land, underwater felt felt safer than above it, but, but pretty, pretty soon I realized the lightning wasn't going to care. If it hits the lake, we were toast. So I decided Dave was a big guy and he would be fine. I swam. Dave! Dave, oh shit! Dave, oh my god! The raft, it was loose. Dave was caught up in the chains from the raft and he was out cold, dead weight and twice as big and heavy as me. I untangled him. Oh God, he was big. I, I slung my arm over his chest and dragged him like he taught me in lifeguard school. I could just make out the shore probably eight minutes at this kind of pace. <laughs> rain. There was as much water falling out of the sky as there was water in the lake. I couldn't stay on my back to carry Dave without drowning us both. I had to drag him by the hair like he taught me and go back under from time to time. <laughs> no! Oh God, no! Come on! I'm sorry. Don't do this to me. I promise. I, <coughs> I won't be stupid anymore. Just just let them come back on, please. Lights out. The last crack of lightning took out every light in every house along the shore, as well as the lights in town and on the road. It was so dark, like a bad dream, and I, I needed to wake up from. <coughs> Dave was awake, and he had panicked. He grabbed me around the neck and climbed on top of me. The rescuer's worst nightmare. I tried the escapes he taught me, but they didn't work. He was too big. Finally, I socked him in the ribs and he let go. Dave, stop! It's me! Let go! He grabbed me again. Another hit to the ribs, but I missed. He was too big. He had me. I, I couldn't. He was too big. We were under and we were sinking and... Pinching! Pinching did the trick. I was free. I looked down to the bottom for him one more time. The lightning flashed and the bubbles rising from the depths rolled their eyes at me, or, or they were crying. I couldn't tell. In, in the fight, I had lost my contacts, so the rain and the dark, and even worse, I was getting cold. That's one thing I'm not good at, being cold. I put my head down and sprinted. The, the hypothermia test. 100, 99, 98, 97. I've got you. I've got you. I should be to shore by now, shouldn't I? Uh, uh, unless I'm swimming uh, in circles. If I, if I just <coughs> keep going and going pretty soon. Ouch. Oh, oh, ah, shit, the raft. Oh, oh, I'm so cold. Too cold. Keep swimming. Is the shore yet? We're almost there, right? Is that seaweed up ahead? 100, 99, 98, 98. No, no, no. I thought I saw Dave again. I reached for him, but I came up with a handful of weeds. I, I thought I saw lights overhead flashing red. So cold. How did it get so cold? Handful of <coughs> weeds, so many weeds in my hair and in my mouth. 190, 100, 100, almost there, aren't, aren't we? I've forgiven her my lake. It took some time. It was that or leave her, which I'm never going to do. I love her, and I know she loves me. 
she takes care of me. Our first Christmas together, when her surface froze like glass, she let me watch the skaters and the ice fishermen. But the ice was the biggest picture window I've ever seen. We played this game where I took the bait off their hooks. And, and on my birthday, she froze her ice so thick that there was a skating party with a bonfire up above. Oh, it was beautiful. The way the fire glowed on the surface. I swam up close so I could feel how warm it was. I think I heard my mother. Oh, <laughs> and yes, and the train. It's really an old ice delivery cart. That's where we live. So, the next time you're standing in the water on one of those warm summer nights, and you think it's a fish nibbling at your ankle? It might be. And inhale, and exhale. Why do I smell fish? Why am I soaking wet? <coughs> Perhaps this is why I'm always afraid of dark water and fish. Is that seaweed in Joey's hair? Now, imagine a large body of water and hear the water on the shore and the gulls in the air. It was many and many a year ago, in a kingdom by the sea, that a maiden there lived whom you may know by the name of Annabel Lee. And this maiden, she lived with no other thought than to love and be loved by me. I was a child and she was a child in this kingdom by the sea, but we loved with a love that was more than love, I and my Annabel Lee with a love that the winged seraphs of heaven coveted her and me. And this was the reason that long ago in this kingdom by the sea, a wind blew out of a cloud, chilling my beautiful Annabelle Lee. So that her highborn kinsmen came and bore her away from me to shut her up in a sepulcher in this kingdom by the sea. The angels, not half so happy in heaven, went envying her and me. Yes, that was the reason, as all men know, in this kingdom by the sea, that the wind came out of the cloud by night, chilling and killing my Annabelle Lee. <gasps> but our love, it was stronger by far than the love of those who were older than we, of many far wiser than we. And neither the angels in heaven above nor the demons down under the sea can ever dissever my soul from the soul of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. For the moon never beams without bringing me dreams of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And the stars never rise but I feel the bright eyes of the beautiful Annabelle Lee. And so all the night tide I lay down by the side of my darling, my darling, my life and my bride, in her sepulcher there by the sea, in her tomb by the sounding sea. Take a deep cleansing breath in. I feel quite damp and cold and depressed. I'm glad that's over. And exhale. And you will be on your way through our next portal. Let your mind take you to a place where there is rock as far as the eye can see. Imagine yourself in that rocky place in another time. 
What of you up here? The Triceratops are headed south for the winter. So what the Brontosaurus? Look down there, bipeds. Behind that rock. Blimey, where is T-Rex when you need him? I hear there have been many more of them lately, bipeds. I say, old chap, let's have some fun. Brilliant. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, giant tarantula wasps. I kill giant wasps with slingshot. I catch in bag. We cook wasps for dinner. <laughs> Crikey, that thing almost hit me. It nipped my thorax. Only one thing to do now. Right about that, old chap. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Double crikey. Oh. Not eat body, poison. Brains, only brains and eyes. Inhale, <sighs> exhale. <sighs> so prehistoric life was like a cartoon. I can't believe I got to see a dinosaur in person. Can we go back there? Or, or wait, I already was there. But I was happy. Glad that's over. I hate flying. I'm damp and now I have a headache. This is supposed to be amusing. Now, visualize fire as far as the eye can see. Feel the heat of it. Hey, excuse me. There must be some mistake. We make no mistakes here. I am a king ordained by God, dedicated to the church. I do not belong here at what appears to be the mouth of hell. I belong on high with the rest of my predecessors. Are you guilty? Surely you jest. I was a devout Catholic until, of course, those popes lost their way. And, of course, I did abandon them and form the Church of England. So you are guilty. But they should have annulled my marriage simply because I wanted to move on to a nice young thing. I was the king, the ultimate patriarch, ordained by God. So you said. So if you could please just fly me up to heaven. I spoke to two of your many wives. According to them, you are also... Guilty! You mean those bitter hags? They were treasonous and adulterous. According to who? Me, the king! <laughs> liar! I am not a liar! I could have overlooked that treachery if they could have borne proper sons, legitimate heirs to the throne. According to science, the man determines the sex of the child. It's all about the Y chromosome. Y chromosome? Poppycock! Men are not responsible for the sex of the child. If that were true, then I should have been the one to lose my head. <laughs> now I demand to be sent to heaven. Sure. Just hand over your head in perpetuity and we will be square. I will not give my head in perpetuity. The nerve, God will make you pay. This was God's idea. Fine. If I give up my head, I can go to heaven. <laughs> Who said anything about heaven? You will give up your head again and again until you get it right. <laughs> Inhale and exhale. I'm getting the picture. I feel a sudden wash of justice. Is it my imagination, or was I married to Henry the, the Eighth? Intense. I knew I was uncomfortable around those two for a reason. 
Deep breath in, and think, exhale, and learn why you may do what you do in this life. As you relax your shoulders and neck, listen to this word from one of our spirit guides. Can't get the bad taste of a past life out of your mouth? Drink new spirit elixir and set yourself on the path to finally getting it right. New spirit elixir when you just can't explain your fear of snakes, sandboxes, church, heights, spiders, fire, airplanes, hot weather, pitchforks, or your neighbor's goldfish. New spirit elixir available at the first portal on the left in your next transition. <laughs> New spirit elixir. So, so what is it, Jen? Bet that's just bourbon. I could go for that about now. What is it, vodka? Mm, sounds like wine. Now, <clears throat> I want you to imagine a smell, any smell. The outdoors, the rain, or baking bread. I despise them all. Every last one of them. They shunned me for my parentage. For my disfigurement, they deemed me useless until I could be a sacrifice, that is. My father sold me as a servant at a very young age. I felt bad for the girl. She was perfectly capable and sadly painful to look at. One eye, crooked lip, curved stature. I asked my husband why he hired her, and he said... The council would have sent her down the river to return to the demons as befell my good but disfigured brother. This is my way of making amends to God, and perhaps appeasing God would yield a good crop come harvest time. And yield a crop it did. Bountiful bushels of rye. The smell of baking bread filled the streets. How was I to notice a worm or two on the stalks? I could barely see out of the one eye I possessed. They declared her a witch after the first batch of bread caused the villagers to dance their feet to bloody stumps in the streets, writhing and convulsing for days on end. Until they dropped dead of the failure of their hearts. I pleaded and promised to be observed gathering the rye, milling it and pouring it into the batter to feed the town, but alas, the villagers still became mad with fever, dancing so crazily in the streets they were deemed witches themselves. So it was decided by the council that she, like other witches gone before her, be burned at the stake as a reminder of what happens to those who cast spells. As my flesh curled off my bones, I made not a sound, but glared at the crowd with my one eye, sneered with my crooked lip and spat at them, my spirit already understanding that their plight would not be ended by my death. Woe to the next baker's servant and the next. Until even I, the baker himself, Mad with the effect of the hallucinogenic worm contaminating our crop, danced and danced until I burned along with the rest. Inhale and let it go. Very good. Well, that explains my severe rye allergy. I was a witch. Burned at the stake. Oh, man, this just keeps getting better. With your next breath, try to remember a time when you were a child. Then think of an object that was memorable. It could be anything, something small, something large. Now think of a room, a room you feared. Walk into that room. Perhaps this little side trip will help. I remember a poem my dear Auntie Mame used to recite to me. It went... Hush, little baby, don't say a word. You're probably safer the less that you're heard. The monster can hear where you are if you pout, and he'll give you something worth crying about. 
Hush now, my child. Don't worry your head or the goblin I saw crawl under your bed. He'll drag you beneath if he grabs just a toe. So maybe just hold it if you need to go. Hush, little darling, never you fear. That light in the closet has always looked queer. That faint reddish glow means the filament's slack. A green glow means Martians have come for a snack. Hush now, my sweet one. No need to shout. No pixies will come tear the teeth from your mouth. A cavity smell to an elf is divine. But you brushed your teeth, like you said, so you're fine. Now hush. Good night. I'll leave you alone. You did, after all, want a room of your own. We're right down the hall. There's no need for distress. I'll see you tomorrow or clean up the mess. Wasn't that sweet? Slept like a baby every time dear auntie recited those words. Now, inhale and exhale. What room were you afraid of? Mom? Mom! What, dear? The closet smells again. Are you sure the deer head on the other side of the closet wall is totally dead? Of course it is. Dead and stuffed. The closet door is closed. I even painted the walls. I covered the hole in the wall and Daddy's deer head trophy. Skippy? Skippy is on the other side of the wall. Then maybe it's Martians in the closet. Martians don't smell. How do you know? <laughs> because I'm from Mars. Well, oh, what? Now go to sleep. What if they get me? Did they get you last night? I don't know. Well, if they did, they brought you back unharmed. I could have things planted in my body. You would never know. The closet door is closed. And locked. Yes, see? But it smells. I miss Daddy. Oh, me too, honey. A and it's a new house. You'll get used to the smells. How about if I open the window? Sweet dreams. Psst! Who's there? It's me. Open the door. Me? In the closet. The smell. Come on. I thought we were friends. Mom! She can't hear you. It's just me, Skippy. Skippy? But you're dead. Only during the day. Mom! You killed my dad with those antlers. I'm not letting you out. Your dad killed my dad. Mom! She can't hear you. She went to Mars. She did not. She did. And I'm here to babysit. Now open this door, or I will break it down. You can't. You're just a deer head. My mom is not a Martian. How do you know I'm not a Martian? You think these antlers are just for breaking down doors? I'm getting messages from her right now. Oh, this is a nightmare. I want to wake up now. Go ahead. Wake up now, wake up now. What are you doing? Sharpening my antlers. Nice rack I've got. 11 points. Your daddy couldn't let me make it to 12, could he? Oh, huh? please, wake up, wake up, wake up. I didn't do anything. I didn't kill you. I never hunted, ever. Oh, but I have. Please. I'm too skinny. Wait till I'm older. Mom! Mom! I won't eat you now. This is far more entertaining. The torture. I will always be in the closet. No matter where you go, you will always smell me. And for the record, the closet doesn't like the smell either. She also didn't appreciate being repainted, but not to worry. She'll reassemble her goblins to haunt your dreams soon enough. <laughs> Mom, whew, uh, it doesn't smell anymore. Mom, your skin. Mom, 
Are those antlers? <laughs> of course they are, dear. I told you I'm from Mars. Do you really think deer, antelope, and anything else with antlers are really mammals? Breathe in and let it out. Again with the head. Apparently I've been losing my head all along. Wonder how it will happen this time. I knew I was abducted by aliens. I knew it. Is that why I look so good <laughs> and green? <laughs> now I'd like you to open your ears for a little music. Whatever type you like. Now let that music take you to a place. Good evening, ma'am. Rat Whisperer at your service. Oh, I thought you'd never get here. Do come in. Down there. Put your ear to the vent in the floor. Oh, sounds like they're pretty good. And you say they're... Rats? Every one of them. I've seen it before. You want them exterminated? Mais non. I want to catch them and use them as an act. I'll make a fortune. You see, I'm down on my luck. I need a break. I gotta tell you, ma'am, you don't want to mess with a rat pack like that. Once you owe them, you owe them. It ain't pretty. I've seen it a hundred times. A hundred? Really? They never go away. Been on the earth since the dawn of time, I bet. Tell you what, let me get the leader up here and see what he thinks. Hmm, hmm, hmm. You rang? You cats sound pretty good. <clears throat> Sorry, you rats sound pretty good. The lady here would like to make you an act, take you on the road. I'll pay you in all the cheese you want. What makes you think we want cheese? Oh, what do you want then? Tell you the truth, I've had my eye on you for a while. You're kind of cute, even though you are a thousand times my size. Oh, you're not so bad yourself. So what do you say? Have we got a deal? Hold your horses there. What if I think you're kind of cute? You've got the most extraordinary eyes. Almost like a cat. And now, boy. Yeah, well, Buster, <laughs> I got something to offer unlike you. Oh, yeah? I might have a few things up my sleeve. Take that. Why did you do that? Sorry, doll. I couldn't let you get taken in by the likes of him. It's his game. He lures you in, then he eats your eyeballs while you sleep. They all do. Gee whiz, Rat Whisperer. You certainly have a silver tongue. I don't know how to thank you. How's about a drink after I exterminate the rest of the rat pack down there? Oh, I'll go freshen up. Hey, guys, the coast is clear. She's freshening up. I gotta say, I should get out of this eyeball racket. I ain't getting any younger. Getting harder to play dead for so long. Are the rest of the guys already in their positions? That's I fine. get the left eye. Okay, you get the left eye. I get the right eye. That's the one that winked at me. We just have to wait for her to... There. All freshened up. Meow. Oh, no, it's her. Oh, the famed giant hairless cat. You look better in a wig and a dress, doll. That's a matter of opinion. Now, who shall I nab first? Meow. Put me down, put me down. Help! <laughs> Meow. There, there, sweet cakes. Your friends can't hear you. Their necks are broken. I don't think they'll be getting up anytime soon. But you, Rat Whisperer, 
I have special plans for you. Now stick out your tongue. <gasps> no, 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 not my tongue. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe in and out. At least I got out of there with my head, although she did break my neck. Giant, hairless cat. I am one dang exciting collection of spirits. Is my, stung, my tongue still there? Uh, oh, thank God, my tongue is still there. <laughs> Our next portal should include some kind of animal, whether it be yours or someone else's, maybe a pet you once had. John Mortensen was dead. The body rested in a fine mahogany coffin fitted with a plate of glass. The surviving members of the family came severally to the casket every few minutes to gaze over the placid features. <laughs> it was far too soon. <laughs> he looked so peaceful. The death had, in fact, been painless, leaving on his face a faint smile without distortion that was beyond the repairing powers of the undertaker. At two o'clock, friends assembled to pay their last tribute of respect to one who had no further need of friend or respect. Then the minister came his overshadowing presence sending the lesser lights into eclipse. Please find a seat so that we may begin. Next came the widow. She approached the casket and leaned her face against the cold glass. Oh, John, John, how shall I go on without you? Her lamentations nearly <laughs> filled the room. This way, please. Someone whispered as she was gently led to a seat near her daughter. The man of God began his eulogy. His doleful voice mingled with the sobbing which rose and fell like the sound of a sullen sea. The gloomy day grew darker and rain fell. The eulogy came to its conclusion. Amen. Amen. The mourners sang as the pallbearers took their positions beside the bier. As the last notes of the hymn died away, the widow cast herself upon the coffin, sobbing hysterically. The minister was in the act of leading her away when her eyes sought the face of her beloved beneath the glass. But when she saw it, she threw up her arms and with a <coughs> fell back insensible. The mourner sprang forward as the clock solemnly struck three. All were staring down upon the face of John Mortensen, deceased. They turned away, sick and faint. One man, in his terror to escape the awful sight, stumbled against the coffin, knocking away one of its frail supports. The coffin fell to the floor, and the glass shattered to bits by the concussion. From the opening crawled John Mortensen's cat, which leapt lazily to the floor and wiped its crimson muzzle with a forepaw before walking with dignity from the room. Breathe in, and exhale, everyone. First a rat, now a cat trapped in a coffin. No wonder I don't like small spaces. And to continue our ride without interruption, I'd like you to think of some place long ago. No machines, no phones, perhaps a castle in the distance, and calm, clean, white snow covering the earth, 
under a full moon. Hear a page turning. Nothingness. And then suddenly, a flurry of activity in the snow. Two ravenous beasts fight at the edge of the woods. The vampire, dead flesh, starving for luscious life. The werewolf, full of vitality, always ready for a meal. Hungry friends quickly turn into hungry enemies in the dead of night. The wolf slashes, the vampire hisses, the wolf roars, the vampire screams. The hunter and his son watch from behind a faraway tree. Silhouettes struggle against the backdrop of a vermilion moon. The hunter hands a rifle to his son. The gun is loaded with silver bullets. It is heavy in the boy's shivery, frail grasp. The wolf must die. But it's my brother and my son. It is best for the village. Indeed, werewolves kill livestock and the occasional vagrant, but vampires steal women and children from their beds. The boy brings the rifle to his shoulder. He aims, fires, a bad shot, the worst shot possible. He has hit only snow. Who taught you to shoot? You did. The beasts halt, frozen in the snow. The wolf raises its snout. The vampire tastes the air. One of them howls, the other hisses. They both turn to a faraway tree. Give me the rifle. The hunter aims, fires, misses. Who taught you how to shoot? Your grandfather. But he was blind. The wolf charges. The vampire flies. The boy cowers. His father shields. The man lifts the rifle to the sky. Wolf's blood rains from the vampire's jaws. The hunter cannot fire. He now recognizes this monster as the thief who took his wife two months prior. Surely the creature will tell him of her fate. Instead, the hunter aims for the wolf. He can now see his eldest son's green eyes on the head of the loping beast, beautiful emerald jewels just like his mother's. Quick, we must climb the tree. He lifts the boy to a branch. He hands the child the rifle. Climb higher, I will follow you. The boy, rifle slung over his shoulder, clambers upward. The hunter jumps reaches for a branch. His fingertips slip on ice. He plummets back to the ground. Oh! The wolf has arrived. Its fetid breath melts snow. The hunter looks into its eyes. They are all that remains of his firstborn. The monster licks its muzzle. The hunter unsheathes a silver blade. The wolf leaps forward. The man swings his sword a second too late. He howls, falls, Ow. and cries as his son uh. steps over him and oh, begins no. to feed. <laughs> Tears have frozen the boy's eyelids shut. He can only hear his father's cries, his brother's crunches. Then the vampire lands on the tree's highest branch. He descends to the boy, stealthy, hungry, the creature has tasted this child's blood before. His mother's throat had been warm, sweet nectar. His brother's blood had been just as fulfilling. The monster expects the boy to be succulent and saccharine. The branch beneath the vampire moves, comes to life, creaks. This is not merely a shift in the wind. The tree moans, awake. Aware, it has always been. The boy hears this, raises the rifle, aims, fires. A bullet pierces the vampire's black heart. The beast screams, defeated. 
a flame. It falls, ashes alongside flakes of snow. The wolf looks up to the boy, done with his father. The beast's green eyes are now crimson pools, fierce, unforgiving. The creature leaps. <sighs> the lowest branch darts for the wolf, grabs, constricts. The wolf twists, bites, whines, yelps, wheezes, dies. Blood spills onto gaping roots. Another branch plucks the boy from where he trembles. No, no, let me go! He fires into wood. The tree groans, shudders, weakens. The boy drops. He hits the ground running. He cannot see the direction in which his feet lead him, but it does not matter where he goes, so long as it is far away. Behind the boy, the tree now sits, powerful, yet disappointed, eager, but still, it waits. Deep breath in, and exhale. Oh, I feel like I'm full of slivers and splinters. My teeth hurt. I think I'm ready to get off the ride. A tree? A werewolf? I'm rather enjoying this. I hope there's more. If I was a vampire, does that mean I'm still a vampire? Oh, no. <laughs> the silver bullet. Not a vampire. <laughs> now that we are nearing the end of our path, let us check in with one of our spirit guides. Perhaps you will find this opportunity for a new karmic tool useful. Latest palm reading got you down. Lifeline following you from one incarnation to the next. Never fear, lend a hand is here. Located at the portal for the transmigration of souls, our hand library will let you swap out the lifeline you keep forging with a whole new experience, which just might give you a shot at some karmic closure. Rather be a bird, swap a hand for a talon. Rather be a tree, trade in your hand for a seed pod. Alas, there are no guarantees that you will not trade your hand for a hand you have already been dealt. Lend a hand, one you just can't seem to handle it again. <laughs> Inhale, on to our next portal. Oh, damn, Swamp, out I say, one, two, why then, just time to do it. Hell is murky. Fie, my lord, fie. A soldier and a feared? What need we no fear when none of us can call the powers to account? Yet who would have thought the old man to have had so much blood in him? The Thane of Fife had a wife. Where is she now? What will these hands ne'er be clean? And exhale. <sighs> <sighs> Apologies. That happens every time we mention hands. Again. As we near the end of our meditation together, I'd like you to shift in your seat, affirm that you are comfortably positioned, and think of a time when you believe you had an out-of-body experience. I did like being a tarantula wasp, and the Martian thing, antlers. <laughs> Go figure. Oh, not sure I was a big fan of the drowning. Interesting with the heads and the karmic reversals and the Scottish play. Would love to come back as a serpent or some kind of dog. Going forward, I know the best way to avoid the pattern of losing my head is to avoid those two. But that time as a deer head was pretty cool. Well, thank God we can finally get out of here. I like, I like where I am. No closets, no witches, no giant hairless cats. For our final destination, Let's share a final ohm as we think of a light, a bright white light. Inhale. Oh.
Good evening. We received your call for technical support through your virtual meeting chat box. I'm Lilith. How can I help you? Oh, thank God you called. I really hope I'm, I'm not awake right now. I, I, don't, I don't know what's happening. I'm awake, so you must be. Why don't you explain what you are experiencing? Yes, yeah, uh, first, uh, I, I first noticed it in the bathroom mirror right after an online virtual meeting last night. I thought it was the red moon playing tricks on my eyes. I was having trouble leaving the meeting. Well, we all were. The ball just keeps spinning and spinning and making me dizzy, so I stepped away, and when I went into the bathroom and looked in the mirror, I was pixelated. Have you turned your computer on and off again? It's frozen. I'm afraid if I turn the machine off, I will be trapped in this condition. So you're still in the meeting? Yes, so is everyone else. But in real life, my face is... Pixelated, yes, I understand. What is the meeting ID? R1A1P5T8U2R0E. And we're all still there, frozen with expressions we had, like, like screenshots. Like I said, we couldn't get out, so we just left the literal room, not the chat room. And, and, and now my whole face is... <laughs> Excuse me while I put you on a brief hold. Another member of your meeting is on the line. Good evening, technical support. I'm Lilith. How can I help you? I can't get out of the meeting. Yes, I can see you've typed that into your chat a few hundred times. Why don't you tell me what you are experiencing? When I tried to close the meeting, it wouldn't close. So I walked away, took out the garbage. Then my neighbor screamed and pointed at my face. I looked in the mirror. I had no face, no eyes, no ears, no nose, no mouth. My head was still there. Just everything that was in the screen, shirt, collar, necktie, was gone. I look like a cover photo. That's not a cover photo, only a gray silhouette where a cover photo should be. I ran back to the computer, and there was my face still frozen on the screen and that spinning rainbow wheel of death. Have you turned it off and on again? Are you crazy? I didn't save or record the meeting. I don't want to lose my face in real life. I'll be an empty cover photo. Excuse me. Another member of your meeting is calling. Let me put you on a brief hold, and we'll try to get to the bottom of this. Good evening, I'm Lilith. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? No need to shout. Thank God, you can't hear me, because I can't hear me at all. I can't hear my voice. I see my lips moving, my mic is on, but I can't hear my voice. I walked to the kitchen to feed my cat, and she heard me say dinner time, but I did not hear me say dinner time. I hear her meow, I can hear you, I just can't hear me. I don't even know if I'm talking. Excuse me, another member of your meeting is calling. Let me put you on a brief hold. Something is wrong, something is terribly wrong. I can't get out of the meeting, and I just want to go back to normal. I do, but... Tell me what you're experiencing. Well, it was my grandson, Eddie, who noticed first. I was having trouble getting out of our meeting, and my throat was parched. So I went to the kitchen for a drink, and my grandson said my voice and my mouth were moving at different speeds. Like there was a delay in real life. I looked in the mirror and reached up to touch my face, and I could feel my hand on my face. But in the mirror, it took two more whole seconds for my hand to actually follow. I walked back to the kitchen and I literally followed myself. I'm delayed. Everything is delayed. Even when I blink my eyes, they blink after I open them. I can see myself blinking. I hope I'm asleep. Have you turned it off and on again? No! I don't want to get stuck here. What if my heart and my other organs are delayed? Oh, they'll catch up. Let me get the rest of your meeting attendees on the line and we'll meet in the meeting. All right, did you hear that everyone? Meet me back in the meeting. I'm already in the chat, so. <sighs> can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Oh, no, I can hear me here in the meeting. My voice is coming out of the speakers just not out of my mouth. Can you all see my whole face, my shirt, everything? 
I don't look like a photoless cover photo? Uh, you look fine, MJ. I I'm not pixelated. You were pixelated? It was horrible. Sometimes my lips were in my forehead and my nose was in my ear and my hair was in my nose. And then, and then sometimes all the parts of my head just float around in the air, not attached to anything. Like, like the kid in Willy Wonka who wants to be on TV and ends up in the air. Oh, dreadful. I felt like I was coming apart in real life. Oh, not here though. Oh, virtually I, I, I look fine. That is how it all works. You're all in pieces, bits, bites, fragments, silhouettes, until we bring them together. Things appear virtually normal, but they are not normally normal. I'm sorry, well, I don't care I what you said. I don't want to be delayed on my life. Now you gotta fix this right now for crying out Have you hit the escape button? Nothing! Have you turned your router off and on? What if I get stuck in the router? No, thank you. Then it's all over. Yeah. Duh. Are there any mirrors in the room you're calling from? Yes. yes. Are any of them broken? I have a broken one. If you would cover that broken mirror with a blanket, that would help. Mirrors are a known issue in virtual situations. Realities are duplicated, reflections become alternate realities, and cracks in those alternate realities duplicate the duplicates, and often this will jam up the system. Makes sense. Now, what is it you were engaged in when things froze? A rehearsal. Ah, another known issue, theater. That combined with the cracked mirror, more realities than the virtual system can handle in version 5.3.1. Listen closely. I want you all to click on the link I'm going to share. This link will debug your system and see you through to the other side more other smoothly. Other side? You'll be able to leave the meeting by hitting escape, and then your system will empty out, then restart. Do you all see that icon, the one that looks like a guiding star? That's our new operating system. Rapture. Rapture. <laughs> Rapture. How pretty. I don't like the name. Yes, it is unfortunate. But it's like a big sigh of relief. Ah. <sighs> Just keep looking at the star. Click on the star, and it will install a guiding light into your system. This will take a few moments. I will be popping into a breakout room to help another virtual meeting in trouble. You're leaving us? Please don't leave. I, I haven't said anything. Don't worry. The system will take care of everything. I still can't hear me. Can you hear me? Oh, and mute your mics. We don't want anyone waking up with someone else's voice. Now, the password for the new meeting is Rapture. Rapture, everyone got it? R-A-P-T-U-R-E? Precisely. Okay, now I'm putting you on hold. Upgrades are installed. Hmm, that broken mirror is giving us some trouble. Fractured realities. We're going to have to work on that in the next upgrade. Looks like the transmigration has commenced. Oh, look, I I'm the first one here. Oh my goodness, the screen is bright. Hello? Oh dear, oh dear. No, I'm even more pixelated than before. What's this? Page not found? The server could not find what was requested. Page, page not found? Hello? I, is anyone? Wait, where am I? Oh, where is my apartment? Where is the broken mirror? Where, where, where is anything? Why is everything so bright? I, is anyone out there? Inhale and exhale. Ah, there, success. All spirits transmigrated to their final incarnation. Oh, except for you, out there. Well, until we meet again, meanwhile, be mindful of those thoughts, the ones that come from nowhere. You may be trying to send a, yourself a message.
for this year's horror show, The Past Lives Amusement Park, featuring Joy Thorbjornson Coates, Mark Cater, Christina Schramm, Stan Winiarski, Trina Kakasik, and Ellie Maitland. Featuring writers The Faraway Tree by Evan Boffman, Annabelle Lee by Edgar Allan Poe, John Mortensen's Funeral by Ambrose Spears, The Last Lullaby by Ellie Maitland, The Hand Washing Courtesy of William Shakespeare, and all other writings from the collected creepy works of Trina Kakasik. Thanks for traveling with us. See you on the other side. Bye bye.